Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 152 of Buds and Blue Jays. It is Friday, December the 29th, and I'm Jesse Burrell, and that's Riley McConnell. And we are talking all things Toronto Blue Jays on this episode here today. The Blue Jays have actually made some moves this offseason, Riley. It took so long, and yes, the moves are not Juan Soto, and they are not Shohei Otani. But there's something, and they might give us now a bigger picture into what the Toronto Blue Jays are going to do for the rest of the offseason. So we'll get into all of that over the course of this episode here. But first, if this is your first time here, hello, welcome. Good to have you here. Please make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel, anywhere you can find your podcasts. You can find Buds and Blue Jays. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're on Facebook now, which is very important. So if you, uh, I guess it's official, we're now on Facebook. So if you can find us on there, toss us a like, toss us a follow. We'll be posting a lot of Blue Jays related content over there, especially as the season goes on. But first, Riley, what's up, my guy? How are you? How are you feeling? Jesse, um, I mean, we're just over the, you know, Christmas stuff. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of the time of the year where you don't know what day it is. If you're me, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> yes. <the> stretch out <laughs> between Boxing Day and New Year. Uh, it gets it gets pretty dicey in, in knowing what day it is. I mean, we got World Juniors on right now. Uh, the Blue mm-hmm. Jays are doing like they're doing things. And like we the, the the thing is, we don't have Juan Soto. We don't have Shohei Otani. Um, but I still feel like there could be more effort put in to gather guys up. And I don't know if there's some master plan, some master scheme with our management, uh, you know, at some point, maybe they're waiting for 2024 to hit before making more moves. But if we want to compete with this division and, and honestly, like looking on Twitter, like our rivals are making moves at a fairly yep. rapid pace. Like teams are getting better and guys, Riley, you there? I think we lost you. Oh, man, go figure. Just as we get the content going, we lose Riley for a minute. But he's making good points there. The The rival teams are getting better. We're going to talk about it a little more as we get into this episode. Uh, Riley, you back? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, okay, go on. Finish what you were saying. No, I just, uh, like, we, we have a long ways to go, Jesse, before we're going to be competing with the Red Sox, the Yankees, because they're, they're making moves at a rapid pace, and we're virtually at a standstill. I mean, there's got to be more effort put in. There's got to be a lot more effort put in on our management side. I don't know if there's some secret plan going on. I don't know if they're waiting for the calendar to turn over or what it is. <laughs> but, I mean, hey, um, some teams are trying. I mean, Giolito just got picked up by the Red Sox. At least they yep. took a flyer on him. And we, you know. Yeah. Isaiah, well, kind of, Isaiah kind of fluff isn't exactly, you know headline news right we need we need a little bit more well let's get into that a little bit because it was the first major signing the blue jays had made all offseason and you and i have been starved for content over here in blue jays land and that is exactly it the toronto blue jays have signed isaiah kiner falefa to a two-year 15 million dollar contract right i know a lot of people on blue jays social media took a lot of thoughts when we saw this was our big move that came down the pipeline here and there's a lot of interesting follows coming to this but i want to get what your first reaction was when you saw Isaiah Kiner-Falefa come across the uh, newsfeed there. I mean, I thought, hey, this is uh, this is a toolsy addition. And I thought it's not going to sure. hurt us, but this isn't the acquisition to, you know, drive us up the win column. In fact, um, there's a surplus of infielders on this team already. Yeah, and, and that's and why it seems weird, right? It seems very, you know, very out of character for us to take on a player like this. We do like having, you know, those platoon of middle infielders, but um, as it stands right now, it's sort of looking like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa will be the third baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. And if guess, what yeah. we and if what we need is offense, then a guy with 26 career home runs in six seasons isn't isn't the guy. I mean, <laughs> yes, Matt Chapman, a ton of holes in the swing, and he seems to have been taking a tremendous step back. Um, I like, do we like and value defense that much? I I guess so. That's the only way to explain it, Jesse. He won a gold glove with Texas and, mm-hmm. you know, and since his time with the Yankees, I mean, Isaiah kind of for Leffa is far from a household name. I mean, he's certainly a decent role player, but for him to be the starting third baseman for the Blue Jays, I mean, I would honestly rather have Matt Chapman if that's the route we're going. But as of right now, 
this is what it looks like. And it looks like Isaiah Connor Falefa is going to play third base for us in 2024. Now, now look, stay patient. I do not think the Blue Jays are done. I would be shocked, and I think a lot of Blue Jays fans around the world would be shocked if Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is indeed our starting third baseman come opening day. Um, someone compared this on Twitter, and I, I agree with this, that it seems like this is like when the Blue Jays traded Randall Gritchick for Rymel Tapia. <laughs> You know, we got something different. Um, Gritchick was kind of unwatchable at times, just like Matt Chapman was unwatchable at times. But Tapia was significantly worse. And I kind of feel that way about this. My first thought when I saw Isaiah kind of Falefa come across the stream here is that I thought two years, 15 million seems like a lot of money for a guy who's never had a WRC plus above 91 in his career. A team that desperately needs offense, a team that already had the surplus of middle infielders. We're talking Biggio, Clements, Santiago Espinal. But if you talk about the guys we have in the minor leagues too, like Leo Jimenez, Otto Lopez, uh, Palagami or whatever, Addison Barger or Elvis Martinez are all guys who are going to fit on the left side of that infield there who are all in AAA Buffalo, who are all just one step away from being major league ready. My initial thought, Riley, is that this guy might be the Whit Merrifield replacement, I suppose, if you think that way. A versatile guy. He played like six different positions for the Yankees last year, but I don't think the bat's as good as um, what Whit Merrifield produced, and the glove is good-ish. He's probably best at third base, but he's not that good of an outfielder. He doesn't catch anymore. You know, I'm I'm puzzled by what uh, this comes out of here and what the Blue Jays go from here. Yeah, and again, like, he's not the guy that's going to win silver sluggers. And, like, for me, a guy who plays a corner bag is ought to, you know, hit a little bit. And kind of fluff of versatility's good. But, like, we have guys that can do that. Biggio is mm-hmm. example A. Like, if we don't have Kevin Biggio starting at a position next year, first of all, I'm totally fine with that. But I like the the option to play him in right field third base second base that's important and it just i feel too many of those guys is not good for the team uh isaiah kind of left it, uh might give us some great defense but yeah the wrc plus of 91 the lack of power and and not even like he hits for an extraordinary batting average mm-hmm. um he's a very mediocre hitter I think what's kept him in the league as long as uh, as long as he's been in this his six years or up he hit free agencies with us is it's it's got to be his his defense and it's not like he is a Matt Chapman esque third baseman anyways like this is a tremendous step back if we're looking to acquire um, top level talent which I can't say you can't justify that he is this has certainly got to be one of the you know table setting moves. Uh, you would hope anyways over this off season, because for us to be successful next year, I mean, it's good. There's good, more is going to have to happen. If Isaiah kind of Falefa kind of gets us started, that's good. But I, I certainly hope more is to come in and, and, and yeah. quickly too. Look, I did say at the start of the uh, off season too, I kind of wanted the blue Jays to sign like a, a older veteran third baseman type, a guy who can just sit there for the first two months on the season and then transition to the bench when an Orelvis Martinez or an Addison Barger are ready. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was not my choice for that one, but I, I, I guess I can see that that's the route the Blue Jays want to go. Riley, I want to break down the offense here, and I want to talk a little bit about, like, is there hope? Can he be better than an 82 WRC plus bat than he was last year? And I mean, maybe he did have a career high line drive rate last year, his lowest soft contact percentage, his average exit velocity at 88.8 miles per hour would have actually been fourth on the Blue Jays last year behind only Chapman, Bo and um, Vlad. So I think that helps. I, you know, I also think what well, the main reason the Blue Jays signed him here and, and I'm being serious when I say this too, is that he hit 10 home runs over his two seasons with the New York Yankees last year. I was at the Rogers Center for both of them that he hit in Toronto and both of them were off Kevin Gosman. I feel like the Blue Jays and Kevin Gosman were just kind of sick of him hitting home runs off of him that were like, well, he can't hit home runs off Gosman if he's on our team. And that's what I think um, he's coming here. And look, We crap on the bat, and we don't think the bat is going to be good. But the Blue Jays had 400 plate appearances last year from Santiago Espinal, Ernie Clement, Paul DeYoung, and Nathan Lucas. If it's Isaiah Kiner-Falefa getting those at-bats instead, then I think that's in a good place, as opposed to him getting all the Whit Merrifield at-bats. But we'll see how things shake out. I mean, and just kind of looking into more advanced stats, like one thing I do see and that I don't want to see is he hits it? He has a very high ground ball rate as well. Yeah. Um. And yep. again, you said it. It's not. Yep. A, he's 
the exit velo, it's as it's not a concern. But again, this isn't a middle of the order type of guy. I mean, he's basically he's a sub 700 OPS guy for his career. And the only good takeaway I can find is he stole the last you know couple of years. He's really improved his stolen base rate. Um, and maybe he is a good base runner. I guess it could help us out that way. I don't know, honestly, like where he fits into this lineup and scheme. Because if you're telling me that there's a day where we bat Espinal, I think Espinal is probably going to be traded, to be honest, if we keep him on this roster. Like, I don't think there's any way we can keep uh, two players with the same skill set of Santiago Espinal and Isaiah Kainer-Falefa on the team at the same time. That seems redundant to me, the same type of player. That seems like something I think the Blue Jays will look to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still, it's not early. I would like moves to be sooner, uh, done sooner rather than later. But just yeah, me too. the same ki- uh, kind of build of player, um, when we don't have the power, it's just, it's it's kind of, it's kind of stressful as the days go by before spring training, because look, there there's basically two and a half months before pitchers and catchers report. Um, mm-hmm. And, and by that point, Jesse, I would like to look at the roster and kind of have an idea of, of how many, you know, what can I actually expect this year? And right now with this roster, like I'm really not setting my hopes too high with, with what we've done so far. And again, like, is Isaiah Kiner Falefa going to be bad for this team? Not necessarily. Yeah, but, he might play a role and be okay, but yeah, but I mean the and we can't again, we can't crap on him too hard, but more moves have to come uh, <laughs> yes. for, for this team. I, I mean, it's not just about one guy. He's got an interesting case, but I mean, we we got a little bit of work to do. And still, I'll say it again. I said it three episodes ago, two episodes ago, last episode. Like, we need our we need our big dogs to bark in mm. the year. We need some mm-hmm. power, and I mean that's just that was the moral of the 2023 campaign is we didn't hit, and I'll just leave it at that. Runners in scoring position, the long ball, all was missing. Yeah, I have one more thought before we wrap up Isaiah, Isaiah kind of left and go to somewhere else. Um, he did come up as a catcher with the Texas Rangers, and now he probably won't do much catching. The defensive numbers don't look very good for him behind the plate. But I do wonder, with him and Dalton Varsho, the Blue Jays now have two quote-unquote emergency catchers set to be on the big league roster for the most of the season. I wonder if this allows John Schneider to go more with both Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen in the lineup more often than he did in years past. Because there were times when the Jays really needed more thump, but they wanted Alejandro Kirk behind the plate for his framing abilities. And they didn't want to put Danny Jansen in at DH because, uh, well, what if Kirk gets hurt? Or what if you need to pinch run for Alejandro Kirk later in games, which the Blue Jays should have probably done more often than they did. I think having two emergency catchers there allows you to play both more often. And you and I are both want to see more Danny Jansen going into this year yeah that's all again we could jesse and you know if we kind of are running slow we could have a whole episode on why danny jansen needs to be a starting <laughs> catcher i would love to see more yeah. time uh with him either behind the plate or at a dh um he's he's a big league catcher and he should receive time like a big league catcher yeah steamer projects isaiah kiner for 260 batting average 315 on base 361 slugging with five home runs and an 89 wrc plus how does that sound to you riley Again, uh, mix him in with with the Espinals and the Biggios because those numbers don't scream sexy to me. They don't really help a ball club out. Um, in they a don't lot scream of ways. two years, fifteen million. That's for sure. No, and yeah. that uh, at at that deal, like you're hoping maybe he wins a platinum glove, if anything, for his <laughs> own accolades, or he has some very key key hits and timely RBIs, which would be a Hey, for for any Jays fan, you pay a guy twenty million just to drive in a winning run late in the season because we need stuff like that. Maybe he's clutch. I don't know yet because he hasn't exactly, you know, played one hundred and thirty games every season. Um, he's a borderline starter in in most cases. So I, mm-hmm. I we'll see how we use him. It's an interesting case. It's it's I not want- necessarily a bad thing, but it is very interesting. I just want to shout out to King Sarcasm over on Twitter there, who actually broke this news, who runs a Blue Jays fan page, kind of like we do here, Riley. I think that would be so cool if one day you and I could break a Blue Jays transaction here. But uh, one day, that day is not today. 
but that day might be coming. Well, the Blue Jays did other things. Instead of signing just Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, we brought back an old friend for a one-year deal, and that is fan favorite, gold glove, platinum glove winner, Kevin Kiermeyer re-signs with the Toronto Blue Jays for a one-year, $10.5 million contract. The sounds of it, it sounds like he's going to be returning into center field. If he doesn't play every day, he should play most. And look, the Blue Jays had the best outfield defense in baseball last year. I think it was a good reason why the Blue Jays pitchers pitched so well, and a lot of them went better than we maybe thought they would have last year. So I think returning one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball is a good thing. The Blue Jays won 89 games last year, largely because of their pitching and defense. You do not want to see that take a step back this year. So a thumbs up for me on the re-signing of Kevin Kiermeyer. What are your thoughts, Riley? I don't hate it. Again, it goes in with, with like, they say defense wins championships. I disagree mm-hmm. in the sport of baseball. It certainly helps a team out, but there's got to be offense involved too. Kevin Kiermaier just coming off a gold glove. Like, what else is new? Um, that's yeah, the, heard the, that one before. <laughs> a cra- crazy. It's only the fourth gold glove of his his career. You would think he would have more. Um, I assume, Jesse, that if he, you know, takes some time and is not an everyday, everyday, you know, doesn't play four games of a four-game set, I assume Varsha will definitely be in, in center field as well. Um, yeah, probably more than he did last year, too. Yeah, I, I mean... Kevin Kiermaier was a was a great addition to this team, a real complimentary piece, but this is different. We're talking outfield now, and we basically reconfigured our outfield in a big way. I mean, from going going from Varsho um and Kiermaier we had last year, and that's that's removed from Lourdes Guerrero Jr. and Teoscar Hernandez. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a huge difference in what you're gonna get with those players. And um the, the, the concerning thing for me is, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer. I mean, he'll be 34 at some point yeah. next season, whatever. I mean, I don't see the de- him digressing too, too much, but he wasn't that threatening and he wasn't going to be a big offensive contributor anyways. I, the defense will still be there. I truly believe that yeah. anytime, every time Kevin Kiermeyer is, is playing center field, you have a real chance to, you know, come out of that inning with a guy – that could have had a double, but Kiermaier's there and catches it standing up or gets an mm-hmm. outfield assist. He's got the tools. He is, I mean, maybe him and Andrew Jones, you could argue, between the top two best defensive center fielders all time. Um, but, you know, as far as Kevin Kiermaier goes, it's definitely not going to hurt us, but we're clearly going for something in getting defensive runs saved or, you know, something there. And he's already played with the Blue Jays. And I want to make a note, too, with Kevin Kiermeyer. He played 129 games. Um, the last time he played 129 games was 2019. It's actually okay. the, tied for the second most games he's played in his career. Um, that's saying something about Kiermeyer. So I can't imagine he's going to digress too much. But I do like having, you know, Varsho being able to play center field as well. But for me, I don't change it much. Kiermeyer's back. Let him run until he falls because he's still one of the best big league center fielders yeah. Oh, absolutely. There are signs of decline coming for Kevin Kiermeyer. Like his sprint speed took a sharp drop off last year. His home to first time took a took a pretty sharp drop off last year. Once you turn 34, like those things are only going one direction, Riley. I know I can't run as fast as I could when I was in my early 20s. Um, and he was on Mike Wilner's Deep Left Field podcast. And um, I'm kind of reading between the lines of what was said there, but it sounded like Kevin Kiermeyer wasn't guaranteed a full center field position. Um, on the team this year that he might be on the bench a little bit more or maybe he'll come in late as a defensive replacement type more, which makes me think the Blue Jays are still looking for an offensive piece to plug into their outfield. And a lot of people thought when we first saw the news of Kevin Kiermeyer coming back, does this mean we're out on a guy like uh, Cody Bellinger? And I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Like the Blue Jays are still in play for one of the high-end outfielders on the free agent market, right? I I would like to think that we should we should definitely get a hold of one of those guys, a Jock Peterson, a Jorge Soler. I don't know how I feel about Bellinger. If it ends up coming down to we pretty much have to take him and pull the trigger, then we'll be overpaying for Cody Bellinger, and that's kind of the end of that. And you hope that he performs like he did pre-COVID and pre-shoulder injury and that he he puts together basically I'd be okay if he did what he did last year when he finished 10th for the Cubs and MVP voting something like that but he's not he's not the player he was but I like again like there was a time where if you were to start a franchise you could argue at one point in Bellinger's rookie season oh I want him on my team first and foremost now 
you know, he's for whatever team he plays on, he won't, I, I can almost guarantee he won't perform up to what he's getting paid. And I'm worried it's going to be on the Blue Jays payroll, whatever. I mean, we already have some lengthy contracts with with pitchers. Um, yep. And I really don't feel like getting attached to one with with Cody Bellinger because I just don't think he's he has what it takes to play at that level that he probably thinks he can and his agent thinks he can. Um, he's not – I don't think he's going to hack it. I think he's still an above-replacement level outfielder um, with a lot of upside. But yeah, and I he's just, good. He's going to get paid, yeah. It. Oh, he's going to get yeah. paid, but he's uh, – He's, he's just, he's a league. He's well, certainly above league average, but he's no superstar. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Isaiah Kiner Falefa had a higher average exit velocity than Cody Bellinger did last year. And if that tells you something, I don't know what will. I do think it's a lot more likely the Jays look in that kind of that next tier. You kind of mentioned it, the Jock Peterson, the Jorge Soler. We can take a little bit of a defensive hit now in that outfield because Kiermaier is coming back because we can kind of cover him on the outfield a little bit. I really do think... Oh, I don't know. Maybe we go for like a Tommy Pham type guy. We mentioned the other two guys. Eddie Rosario maybe could be an interesting piece for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, we need Adam Duvall, who literally led the uh, National League, I think, in RBIs two years ago. Those could be all names that the Blue Jays could look to get, that they could throw in the outfield to get a power bat. And I'm not sure I want to see it, but let's not rule out a return from like a Teoscar Hernandez anymore either. We know the defense isn't great, but we know that hey, he can still hit the ball. He can still hit for power. You know, the strikeouts were bad, yes, but then, like, Teoscar Hernandez can still put the ball over the fence, and that could be an interesting thing that the Blue Jays can go about doing. So that's the kind of outfield tier I'd like to see the Blue Jays get to, especially after the uh, um, Kevin Kiermaier resigning. Yeah, I mean, if we don't, like, if we take, I assume we're going to sign one guy. I assume there's going to be one transaction made. I hope so. If there's not, we're in trouble. No, but, like, for (laughs) us to be serious contenders... In my head, we need to take two of those guys, a Duvall and a Jock Peterson, a Soler and a Duvall. Yep. Like, make that combo any way you want. But if we take one, that's great. We've replaced people. If we want to make this ball club better, we got to go after two guys. And, oh, well, you know, that's going to cost money, take away roster spots. Well, then what the hell were we doing talking about? And it all comes back to the management, the Jays. We've already showed our hand that we're willing to put the money in with the with the Shohei sweepstakes, like the yep. cards are out on the table. Like mm-hmm. if we don't put money towards this ball club, like what the hell were we doing? Like it yeah, has a- to it has to happen. It looks so bad if we don't. Like we'll be a Jesse. The Blue Jays will be a joke if we go from could have had Shohei, could have had Soto, <laughs> to winning eighty four games in twenty twenty four. Like that's a joke. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a mm-hmm. huge possibility that can happen because I can tell you. Isaiah kind of Falefa isn't making us a 90 win team right now. Uh, the pitchers we have are great, but we need some hitters on this team. And yeah, there's good ones available in free agency and I'm not ruling out any trades. I have my own thoughts on who I like. I've mentioned them yep. on the show before, but there are free agents available. One is just getting the job done to take two power bats is what, what it's going to take Jesse. And I feel like that's what we need. And I feel like you would from that. I am very much still on board. Get me Lane Thomas out of Washington. I still think there's a yeah. good guy there. He's a Blue Jays draft pick. You could name other names, whether you like Christian Yelich still, or whether you think you can get Manuel Margot, or not Margot, um, um, Randy Orozarena out of Tampa. Like There are options you can have for the Toronto Blue Jays. Just do something. We're, we're kind of getting impatient here as we get into the second half of the offseason. Um, any final thoughts, Riley, on the Cody Bellinger signing before we move on to uh, some, some other else here? No, I, I, I mean... If he comes to the Blue Jays and he underperforms, no one will be surprised. I think it's just a contract. I think it's better left untouched. Let him go somewhere else. I don't think. I think we can get two outfielders for basically the same money we'd be paying Bellinger, um, you know, combining two player salaries for his one on a year-to-year pay. Um, we're better off getting two anyways, man. I Rule me out for Cody Bellinger. Yeah, kind of with you, dude. I'm kind of with you. All right, well, the Blue Jays did do one other transaction. This is not nearly on the same level as Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or Kevin Kiermeyer, but we did sign journeyman pitcher Paulo Espino to a minor league deal uh, this week. He spent his whole major league career with the Washington Nationals. 
He's been your prototypical 5-6 starter. Pitched about a mid-4s ERA. Uh, he got shelled in his four innings last year. Didn't do a whole lot. Um, but look, Riley, we've said since the start of the offseason, I think one of the biggest things that Toronto Blue Jays have needed is pitching depth, especially guys who can give you bulk innings um, because there's not much. If Alec Manoa suffers, if Yusei Kikuchi kind of reverts, if Jose Barrios kind of reverts back, if Ricky Tiedemann can't stay healthy, like there is not much in Buffalo. So the Blue Jays just simply need guys who can put up innings. And I think Paulo Espino fits that mold. Riley, do you have any thoughts on Espino coming over on a minor league deal? Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, we have to go into this season assuming two things. The first thing is we can't assume that Tiedemann's going to make the team right out of camp. I mean, there's yeah. there's obviously a good chance he does but we have to treat him like he's still the prospect he is. And we can't rule out that Alec Manoa is not better. Uh, like there's yeah. a great chance. And that's, that. fair. that's fair. I have not, the way our top four pitchers pitched last year, I want that replicated and I want it replicated in a bad way. Espino coming onto the club, I think is a fantastic move. Um, you can never have enough pitching. And I think that this is, this is probably this, you know, one of the smarter, um, underrated moves um, as far as an organization goes just to acquire pitching depth. And I'm totally okay with this. Yeah, me too. He seems like the type of guy who's going to come in to a start when, you know, you just had a big travel day or say one of your starters just get hurt and you need to bring a guy up just to throw kind of thinking like Wes Parsons did in game 162 last year, where we just threw him out there and was like, the game's yours. Go as long as you're going to take it. Paulo Espino seems like the guy to me who's going to come in. He'll throw 65 pitches, and then we just DFA him the day after. I will say, I looked at his stuff, Riley. He did throw a sweeper more than he did over the last few years, and Major League Baseball has kind of shifted to the sweeper being the it pitch, like the pitch that people need to throw more. Espino's wasn't bad. Um, there is something there, but his fastball sits 89, Riley. It's kind of hard to be a successful major league pitcher when you throw 89 unless your name is a Hunjin Ryu or a Mark Burley or you've got like that devastating changeup to go along with it but just something to keep in mind we'll see him in spring training we'll see how that pitch looks and we'll see how things go from there yep uh again um if he ends up getting DFA'd it's it's not going to look totally bad on us uh, you got to like yep. you got to take you got to take a chance on on uh, on a pitcher or two and i think that if it pans out you look like a genius and if not I think that's just kind of how it goes for the most part with, uh, you know, veteran pitchers that don't throw very hard. We'll see how he does. And we spent a lot of last offseason talking about Junior Fernandez and the role he could have in the Blue Jays bullpen. And, well, he pitched zero innings with the Toronto Blue Jays. So let's see how it goes there. Riley, let's move in now to the rumor mill and try to figure out what the Blue Jays are going to do next here. And there was a report that just came out an hour ago that the Blue Jays are interested in a Cuban pitcher, Yariel Rodriguez, who pitched the last few years in Japan as a starter. He wasn't that good. Mid-fours, low-fives ERA over there, but switched to the bullpen last year, Riley, and was awesome. Had a 1.65 ERA and just in about just in between 50 and 60 innings pitched, Riley. Uh, the fastball, when he moved to the bullpen, took two ticks up. It went from sitting 92, 93, all the way up to 96, and he's got a devastating three-pitch mix there. Um, he pitched, if you remember, in the World Baseball Classic, he pitched for Cuba. And I remember he pitched really good in the World Baseball Classic for Cuba. And then he didn't play at all this season as he was trying to make sure he stayed healthy, I guess, to get um, a major league contract here. Um, I want him in the bullpen. I can see why maybe the Blue Jays would want him to be a setup man if they're interested. We also can't rule out here that the Blue Jays are just using this guy as... Um, or the reporters are just using this as leverage, like kind of like the Jays were used as leverage to get sh uh, the Dodgers to pay Shohei Otani more money. We can't rule that out here, but if we do sign this Yael Rodriguez guy, Riley, what are, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a fit? I mean, so, I mean, bullpen pitchers, you can't, you're, you're either a success or you're, 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 you're nothing. Like if Boop. you can't, ha like we either want you or we don't, as far as, you know, I had a big problem when we lost Jordan Hicks. I think Jordan mm -hmm. Hicks was great. I would have loved him to remain on this ball club. Uh, we're looking at a guy like Romano remaining our closer, and I would assume Swanson will just say for right now, for the sake of saying who our setup guy is, is him. Like, we have a decent bullpen as it is, but there's always room for improvement. I mean, we could just yeah. have a total lock of a bullpen. And if, if, um, if Rodriguez want, you know, comes to Toronto, he'll, he'll fit fine. Like he'll get usage. We use our bullpen Toronto Blue Jays pitchers, rarely you know go the distance at all complete games are a thing of the past anyways like you're gonna go into your bullpen at some point into the ball game and it's nice to look down um on the on the bleacher when the bullpen and go okay you know who's who's fresh who's ready to go who's thrown whatever 
pitching depth is so important in Major League Baseball. We've seen teams lose a ton of pitchers in the year and flounder and crawl to the finish line. And we've seen other teams absolutely destroy it because their pitching has been so dominant and they have, you know, that elite closer with, you know, great complimentary setup guys and specialists. I You can't go wrong, Jesse. You can't go wrong with a good arm. Yeah, one scout compared him. Um, he's going to sit 95. He can touch as high as 9.8. Has a, a kind of like a 12 to 6 breaking ball in the 83 to 87 miles per hour range. Um, one scout compared him similarly to Pete Fairbanks in Tampa Bay, a guy we've seen quite well. Um, we know fairly bit. And if that's the type of guy we're signing here, like every bullpen could use a guy like Pete Fairbanks to go in there. Um, I can see the Blue Jays wanted to be interesting. We've said it time and time and again, we need more pitching depth, right? Like there's never such a bad thing as more pitching depth. And if he turns out to the guy, it could be, it could be great, but we'd also hate to see this um, turn into like a Raphael Dolis type thing where um, it was a disaster really to begin with, aside from his one good season there. So we will see how things go. Um, keep posted on this. The Blue Jays, look, they're going to do something, right? And I, I wouldn't sure it wouldn't surprise anybody if we did add another piece of the bullpen. Yeah, well, it's, well, wait, Jesse, don't get your hopes up. Don't let that happen again. Just if we get them, we get them. We've improved our bullpen. And if not, they're relief pitchers. I don't, I hate to say the phrase a dime a dozen. These are professional athletes. These are good pitchers, but bullpen arms are easier to acquire um, than, you know, say a good starting pitcher. It's nice to have confidence in your bullpen, um, mm-hmm. but we can go a lot of places as far as our bullpen. We have our top already and I'm comfortable with who we're throwing in the eighth and ninth inning. Um, it's, you know, basically the depth of, of which the bullpen, and I thought the Jays were, were, you know, deeper than maybe teams, other teams gave them credit for, um, you know, there were times where we had blowups and there were times where we were just absolutely filthy. And I think that this could be one of those cases where if, if we get, uh, Yariel Garcia or Yariel Rodriguez, and you know, if we don't, if we don't talk about him much, it's because he's doing his job, right? Kind of like yep. a goalie yeah, exactly. in hockey. Um, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. nothing to complain about. He went in the seventh inning, you know, gave up a walk, then, you know, struck out the next two, got a pop out, whatever. And he got his inning in. Like, that's what I hope for a guy like this. And it doesn't hurt to have multiple versions of that guy. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to hurt us, Jesse. And look, the Blue Jays have only handed out two multi-year deals to relievers since the Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro took over. One of them was Chad Green just last year, who had that really weird player option contract deal or whatever that the Blue Jays ended up picking up. Riley, can you name the other reliever that the Blue Jays gave a multi-year deal to? I'd be surprised if you can name this one. Is it going to be something ridiculous like Kirby Yates? <laughs> no, it's 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 on the right track, kind of. It was yeah. Shun Yamaguchi. Who uh, oh, came right out of Japan? The Blue Jays gave I, a two-year deal. I to. did, I did, I did know that. Actually, now you say yeah. that, yeah, it's bullpen, man. Like they're they're yeah. they're they're as important as anyone else on the roster, but yeah. they can be replaced. And it's about finding the right recipe, the right guys to use in the right situations. That's all yeah. very important. And the Blue Jays have shown too, if they need to address their bullpen, they're more likely to do that at the trade deadline than they are during the offseason because you get a better picture of who's been good and what's working well, yada, yada, and all that stuff. Well, Riley, that's it for the Blue Jays transactions and the big news. I thought we could play a fun game here with the uh, guys that we had signed. And I want you to try to predict, Riley, which number is going to be higher. And I'm going to give you three different scenarios. And you're going to tell me of the two, which number do you think is going to be higher? You follow? I think he's frozen in lockstep here, but uh, yeah, there you are, my guy. Um, So what, yeah. So what number is going to be higher this year? Home runs by Isaiah Kiner-Falefa or home runs by Santiago Espinal this season? I mean, I would be shocked if Espinal hit more than four. I'm going to go Isaiah Mm -hmm. Kiner-Falefa because that's, that's very wishful thinking. So I'm going to say, but it's not by much and they're both single digit numbers. Remember he can't face Kevin Gosman this year. So uh, maybe that takes a cut or two off. And, um, but you run the risk too of Espinal not even being on this team anymore. So we will see. Um, but I'm with you on Santiago or on Isaiah Connor Falefa on that one. My next question, Riley, what number is going to be higher? Games played by Kevin Kiermeyer this year or hits that George Springer has this season? Ooh, I mean, that's a really good one. So I would have mm-hmm. to assume that we're going between 110 and 120 games for Kiermeyer. Um, yeah, I would like 29 last year for whatever. Yeah, that's so we'll, we'll dock it back 10 games. Say, I would like to say that George Springer is in the 135 hits this year. 
think that would be great. Yep. 140. But I mean, and, and we both expect Springer to have kind of a down year, perhaps we hope not, but at the same time too. Um, yeah, I think, I think Springer still has some, some good life in that bat. Yeah, it's, it might, the Blue Jays, we actually should probably talk about this at some point too. We might move George Springer down in the batting order. Maybe he won't be our oh. leadoff hitter anymore, but that's a whole lot, Jesse. Yeah, it not, is. I'm not going to open this can right now, but this <laughs> is something, this is something I wanted to talk about for a long time is yeah, some... we'll talk about it because I mm-hmm. think based off how I'm talking right now, I think, you know, how I feel, um, <laughs> We'll talk about it when the time comes up. Let's go back to your what would be higher. But yes, for now, George Springer, uh, I hope that right. he's in the 140, around 140 hits, um, depending on you know where he bats in the lineup. Yep, I'm taking that too. If he is lower in the lineup, that's fewer at-bats, which could mean less hits. And it also, you know, he is getting older, right? George Springer, shown signs of regression, and we'll see. Um, but my last one, Riley, to round this out, and that's going with Paulo Espino. I want to know which number is higher this year, Riley? Innings pitched by Paulo Espino in the big leagues this year or the amount of triples the Blue Jays are going to hit this season? Wow. That's a real thinker, and I, I do like to kind of answer these honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, you know what? Let's go with um, – You, I, I guess the question is – What's the average amount of triples you hit? I think with Kiermaier, Kiermaier can give you eight triples. Bowen he hit Black, six. Okay. Kiermaier had six last year. I, I, you know what? Led the team. Uh, um, I think Espino innings pitched um, is okay. the correct answer. Although I have a feeling the Jays um, have the potential with guys like Kiermaier, guys like Varsho to, to hit triples. So, I mean, it, it's, it's more hard. It's, it's, hard, it's a harder question than you would think because the Blue Jays have some speed. And, um, you know, the Rogers Center, maybe not the best place to hit triples, but that's, that's the we, thing. Yeah, we play 81 games on the road and a lot of maybe we go to Comerica and, and lace one into the right center field. Kiermaier can surely uh, get a triple on that. Something like that. Um, let's go with the innings pitch for the uh, higher. We'll see. Uh, the Blue Jays hit 19 triples as a team last year. I know that. um that Kevin Kiermaier led the way with six. I know that Bo Bichette had three. I'm just looking up the rest. Yes, Dalton Varsho had three as well. Riley, Matt Chapman had two triples last season. Yes, he did. <laughs> and um, these other guys all had one. George Springer, Nathan Lucas, Ernie Clement, Davis Schneider, and Taylor Heineman all hit a triple last year. I think Heineman's was in Philly, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, Merrifield never hit one. Jansen, Biggio, Vlad, Kirk never hit a triple last year, oh, so we will see. Say, you don't say. Kirk <laughs> yeah. didn't have a triple. We were well, yeah. We who knew? The, who knew? We don't play at the polo grounds anymore, Jesse. <laughs> and even then, Kirk would have to have the uh, exit velocity to hit it out there. Oh, too soon. Too no, soon. No, well, you're right. Guys, <laughs> be nuts. Go, Danny Jansen. All right. Well. That's it, really it for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have done something. I do have a feeling the Blue Jays have more moves coming up as we get closer into the offseason here. But I want to take a look now around the rest of the division, around the rest of Major League Baseball, and to see have any of these moves really affected the Toronto Blue Jays. And there's one that you kind of already mentioned early in this episode, Riley, is that the Boston Red Sox have signed Lucas Giolito to their team. So a starting pitcher that's going to be in the division. He was downright bad last year with a few stops he had made. I remember his first start over with the Angels was actually in Toronto against the Rogers Center. The Blue Jays lit him up. I know the Blue Jays hit him well when he was with the White Sox too. I'm pretty sure Bo Bichette hit a grand slam off of him. I'm pretty sure Alejandro Kirk hit a home run off of him as well. There were a bunch of things going on there. Um, And then other two ones. The Mariners signing Mitch Garver, who was a name I kind of liked with the Toronto Blue Jays. And Chris Flexen signed with the White Sox, Riley. Out of those three moves, are any of those Blue Jays related? Do they affect our team whatsoever? So definitely the, um, the Lucas Giolito one is is definitely one that I think could be horrible for us if if he lights us up. I know he's had troubles in the past, but uh, I, you know, and he's nowhere near Kluber, but a comp for Giolito is so, kind of like a guy like Kluber if he's at his very best where he can absolutely take over ball games. There was a point in Giolito's career, he had a three-year stretch where he finished, you know, on the top 10 in Cy Young. He was winning games. And I just feel like if he can figure things out in Boston, and yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Fenway Park, not not exactly a, a pitcher's ballpark. Let's just get that right out there. Giolito, there's a world where Giolito is very good, finishes in the top 10 in Cy Young um, voting, and, you know, it's downright nasty to us when we lose games because he was on the bump for the Bo Sox. 
And then there's other worlds, Jesse, where he's just as bad as he was last year. And we absolutely take advantage of that. And Boston doesn't get really any better. I think it's an interesting move. And this is, I like this though. I like, I don't, you know, I like that the Red Sox took a chance on this guy. Cause they yeah, see if you're the, the Red Sox. That, I want yeah, the that's Jays. What you do. The, and the Jays have to see this and, and do the same thing, but with outfielders, because you're okay. not, you don't know how a guy's going to perform. They don't know how good Lucas Giolito's going to be uh, in 2024. Um, you just have to hope that he does well. I have no idea personally. I don't think he's going to be the 2020, the 2021 Lucas Giolito, um, where he where he was right with the Chicago White Sox. I think he's lost um, that part of his career. But um, I mean, they're not the biggest of moves, Jesse. But there's something. I mean. This this free agency is sh- so overshadowed by the Dodgers doing their stuff right now. Right. That right. I, I, that that anything that other teams do just looks so minuscule, so small. Um, be- because basically no one else spent a billion dollars. Um, everything everything looks like peanuts if you're not a, a <laughs> Japanese pitcher right now. Um, that's just that's just kind of how I see it, and that's probably why I'm real thirsty. Uh, more players on this Toronto Blue Jays lineup. Why spend $1 billion on Shohei Otani, Yamamoto, and um, Tyler Glasnow when you can have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and Kevin Kierbeier for a crisp $25 million this year? That's the Blue Jays we know and love, Riley. Yeah, and then it's one of those uh, it's one of those memes, Jesse, where it's like, well, I want Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and then your mom goes, we have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at home, and it says Isaiah Kiner-Falefa at home, and it just shows a picture of Santiago Espinal. <laughs> right like that's yeah. how i feel like yeah let's yeah. just mm-hmm. you called it i love the term you used the log jam at second base like yeah, yeah let's just let's just throw more in infielders that just do the same thing like no like i was just and i you wanted to talk about third baseman to play for the blue jays like gloss and scott Rowland. those are ball players man i'm not saying ikf isn't a ball player but i like powers out of my corner infielders and we're lacking that severely right now. And hey, let's just get it done. Like we need, let's get the ball. Ball's already rolling. It's up to the GMs, Jesse. We can just sit here and complain about it. And, you know, in a month, the roster could, you know, look completely different. I doubt it. Um, but I'm sure there will be <laughs> one name, one name. Give me one name added to the list by the 20th of January. And I'll feel a little bit better. And the problem is the Jays are just running out of impact guys. Like there's just not a lot out there anymore this feels like the type of guy who's sitting there in his fantasy draft room who's got all this auction money and i've been this guy before too you just sit there and there's like okay all the players going by because i don't want to pay them i don't want to pay that price and then you're sitting there and you've got all this money and nothing to blow it on and that's when you start getting desperate and uh i don't know we'll see what happens there um but riley like look this is likely our last episode before the new year so first merry christmas happy new year to all the people listening and watching us our show and all that good stuff i want to know riley if you have any new year's resolutions whether it's baseball related blue jays related as a fan as a podcaster or maybe just in your personal life riley do you have any new year's resolutions you want to share with the people yep i'm gonna start going to the gym and stop drinking psych no (laughs) i don't do new year's resolutions jesse um listen um you, you first of all, if we want to address this real quick, Jesse, all joking aside, you've done a tremendous change with yourself in the gym and, and things like that. I mean, the progress you've had on your journey, even Still over more the work course, to do. There's Jesse, but the course over, uh, you know, the last 365 days, um, you've had a great story. You've worked hard at it. Quite, quite honestly, I just don't have the, the patience or, you know, basically <laughs> the willpower. I, I am what I am. I mean, if anything, my New Year's resolution would be to get to more games at the Rogers Center. Probably yeah, true. Go into more baseball tournaments. Get myself on the field more would be nice. Like mm-hmm. I hung up, I hated and and God knows when. Uh, it was pond hockey a couple of years ago. Um, like I dropped playing hockey. Like it's just baseball for me now. I'd like anytime I can hit the field, it's a great day. Anytime oh, I go up to the Rogers Center, man, it's a great day. Like I'll probably look at when it comes February, I'll be looking at tickets. Like I'm probably not going to look at them now. Um, I know you scooped up for um, mm-hmm. at, at one point. That was, that was great. and Good for you. I know you're going to go to a lot of games. I myself would love to get to them as well. And I assume Jesse, your new year's resolution is probably just more of the same. You're already on a good path and 
track for yourself. So I guess just don't slip up. Yeah, I want to be a better Blue Jays fan. I want to watch more intently. Like, I want to learn these things. I want to be the first to know when, like, oh, Bo Bichette raised his hands in his batting stance a little bit, or George Springer stepped further away from the box, or Yusei Kikuchi is actually more on the left-hand side of the rubber today than normal. I, As a younger Blue Jays fan, I used to catch those things a lot more. And as I got older, and maybe as the attention span's gone away, I don't notice those things as quickly anymore. And those are things that I want to get back on, back on track. It's just, problem is we work, Riley, like, podcast is going great, but we're not, we can't retire yet and do this full time yet. So we've still got to work and do our day jobs. And sometimes you miss games or moments. And uh, I want to get better. And I want to be able to get my butt in front of the TV more often to see just more Blue Jays baseball to really be locked in. So that's kind of my New Year's resolution for this season. You just said just magic words there. Get my butt in front of the TV was was just a <laughs> beautiful sentence, Jesse. Yeah, most people want to get more active. Now nah, we need the, our butts in seats, I, beer in hand. Give us I the like, hot dog. I like watching <laughs> baseball. I will be. I won't be. You know, since Ben Wagner's gone, uh, I won't be listening as much. Uh, yeah, I'll be true. watching more and stuff like that. So we'll. I'll, I'll figure it out. But um, yeah, it, Jesse, we can always be a better Jays fan. I mean, if you tell me that Bo Bichette lowered his his knob hand, you know, a quarter of an inch, I'd probably say you're crazy. Like, how did you see that? That's that would be great if you can, Jesse. I have a basically a New Year's challenge. Find me this year. Find me one thing that has changed. It can go from basically a player changing the brand of his batting gloves to the where John Schneider leans in the dugout. To okay, your, sure the length of how much George Springer's sock height is like find me find me one thing that is my challenge for you Jesse because I'm sure you will and it will blow my freaking mind when you spring find training what, is going to be full of that for what it's yes worth. a lot of new guys too and it just spring training is always fun Jesse and we're not that far away we really are we really aren't I, we really just, aren't pitchers and catchers report around my birthday every year and that's about six weeks away so we're well on our way Nice. Well, in six weeks, happy birthday. We still got a ways to go. <laughs> still got a ways to go. And the Blue Jays roster is going to look different then than it does now. Uh, Riley, I don't have anything else to add here. I think we've pretty much covered all the things. The Blue Jays haven't done any moves in the last 45 minutes since we've been recording. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Chuck something in here. Throw a shout out to something. Uh, shout out to um, Buds and Blue Jays. Those guys are killing yeah. it over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I've heard of them, Riley. Yeah, big fan. Support the World Juniors. I love international sports events. I'm a proud Canadian. Um, our World Juniors aren't that good in, as far as in their comparison to you know previous teams. I don't care. I don't know a ton of the guys. I watch the games. I love Canada. I love international sports. I love when we win. Infuriates me when we don't win because mm-hmm. I'm just I just mm-hmm. want I want Canada to be the best. We're Canadian um, sports fans, dude. We 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 hate losing. Uh you know what? We lost to Sweden 2 nothing. It's a tough game. Couple calls didn't go our way. I won't get into it. We're a baseball podcast. Leave that crap for Bassie. Um, but yeah. Um, Jesse, it'll be it it maybe it probably won't be. It, it, this is definitely the last podcast. If you drag me out of bed tomorrow at, you know, whatever time to say we're recording another one. No, this is the last podcast of 2023. It's been another great year. Um, again, what are we going to talk about in the off season? Hopefully we got more stuff next week, but yeah. you know, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, Hey, at the end of the day, Isaiah kind of for and Kevin Kiermeyer are, you know, one is an elite defender and the other is a very good defender. Um, just, Moral of this episode is we need more hitters and we need the yeah. hitters we already have to basically maybe not all have career years, but we need a little bit of a resurgence from Vladdy and a lot more from a guy like, say, Varsho and Kirk. Yeah. And now that we're getting into the new year, too, we can actually start looking ahead towards the season ahead and trying to project more of what we think the players are going to do. I tweeted out from my personal account some of the Blue Jays players I thought would be better next year, some of the Blue Jays players I thought would be worse going into next year. We can establish on that a little bit more as we get into the New Year's. Um, And yeah, and look, spring training will be here before you know it. It won't be long before we're coming out with our big projections, our bold predictions, our X factors, all the stuff the fans have grown to like and love over the two years or so of doing this show. And we'll make sure we do it then. 
Um, but yeah, that'll be it. Guys, thanks for watching the show. Um, please make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Remember, we're on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook now. So find our Facebook page at Buds and Blue Jays. We'll be tossing out a whole bunch of Blue Jays related content up there. We've already been doing stuff like that. This is our first time going live on Twitter. So if you've been watching us here, tell us what you think. Good, bad. We're going to do more of this going on. Um, if you're in the chat, say hey be very nice eventually we're going to find a way to get your chat up here and you can engage with us maybe during the course of the season if we have time we'll do like post-game reactions but you know we're busy we got a lot of stuff going on but it's an option that we have so if you are watching us thank you for tuning in um riley anything else to add before we get out of here today no we're jesse we're basically unlocking new features for this for the, our podcast we're leveling up as i like we're, to say we are leveling up in a big That's way right. man and um i I, 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 hey, I put in a lot to my setup in, in, in the last little while, and I got one of these, one of these little lights here that all the famous oh, buddy. people got. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't it's that almost crazy? like we know what we're doing, eh? Holy cow, man. Like, I got a whole office set up here. Amazing <laughs> some of this stuff. It rotates. It changes color. All that stuff. Damn. Crazy. The tools and accessories I have. I feel like, feel like a professional. I feel like a <laughs> professional, Jesse. We kind of, you know. My dad would always say in a joking way, you know, me being as vain as I am and, mm -hmm. you know, liking to be, you know, looking good and stuff. He'd always say, remember, Riley, it's not how you play. It's how you look. And then, I, you know, we'd be in the car after a hockey game driving home. And, you know, you get that. You're in the back seat, kind of looking out the window like this. Then you kind of lock eyes with your dad as he's kind of peering out through the, the rear view window. And he'll yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of would give me like a, well, at least you look good. You know, after after <laughs> taking two penalties and after taking two penalties and you're a minus two uh plus minus, like something like that. So yeah, look good, feel good, Jesse, as they say. And Amen, uh, my guy. Amen. Yeah. Uh happy New Year's in advanced uh 2024. If you're the kind of person who's like new year, new me, good for you. If you're me, it's the same old me. <laughs> well, I love that. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Once again, smash that like button, follow and subscribe to the channel. If there's anything Blue Jays related, you know you can hear it from us here over at Buds and Blue Jays. Until next time, guys, we'll see you a little later. Thanks for watching. Thanks, guys.